Hello and a warm welcome as you join us here on Search for Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Now, it's the first talk in our new series today. For the next seven weeks, we'll be looking with Brian Johnston, our Bible teacher, at the subject of friendship. Christian friendship is quite special because true Christians are united in love for their Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, and thus they should love all fellow believers because Christ died for them too. But for the Christian it goes much further, for we're asked to imitate our Saviour and love our enemies, because God loves them too, and we should bless those who curse us, etc. So the subject of friendship is very special and it's very far-reaching. But let's begin to explore it now with Brian. Thanks, John. And I want to begin with a question. Have you ever thought about the definition of a friend? A small boy once said that a friend was someone who knows all about you and likes you just the same. Well, that's not a bad answer. Another definition of what a friend is has been given by the author Henry Durbanville, who said, A friend is the first person to come in when the whole world goes out. But why should we look further than the Bible for the meaning of friendship? The Bible book of Proverbs is part of the Bible's wisdom literature and has really meaningful things to say about human relationships. Here's what the Bible says about friends. The wise man Solomon, who wrote most of the Proverbs, said, A friend loves at all times. That's the first part of the verse in question, and I'm pausing there because so far so good. That first part is very clear. A friend loves at all times. But there's a second half to the same verse, which is Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 17, and the second half is not so clear. Translations of it tend to vary, often saying something like, but a brother is born for adversity. Now, what's the sense of saying, a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity? Is it showing as many Jewish writers believe, the difference between a friend and a brother. The stated difference being that a friend loves at all times, both in times of prosperity and in times of adversity, but on the other hand, a brother loves only in adversity. In other words, could it be that what this is saying is that two brothers, or say a brother and a sister, may not be very close at all, but if trouble strikes, then they rally round each other and support one another. By contrast, two friends are close through both good and bad times. The meaning would then be overall, a brother is someone you turn to when you need help, but your friend is someone you associate with at all times. But perhaps this verse isn't really intending to show the difference between a friend and a brother at all. The original text can apparently be understood to be referring to the same person. That is, he who is the friend acts the part of a brother in time of adversity, for which time he was born and brought into the world. The Bible in basic English takes that approach and translates Proverbs 17 verse 17 as, A friend is loving at all times and becomes a brother in times of trouble. Some commentators agree and suggest the meaning is, at all times a friend loves, but in adversity he is born or he becomes a brother. In both options, but more so with the second, the overall meaning is, 
A friend in need is a friend indeed. This important idea is a bridge to the next proverbial truth about friendship, which we want to bring out from the Bible today, yet again from the Bible book of Proverbs. The next verse we come to is one where there's again some debate about half of it, but this time it's the second half that's pretty well accepted, and the first part is where we find the variations. I'm talking about Proverbs 18 and verse 24, which ends up by saying that there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That part is easy to understand and is generally accepted. But what is it that belongs before that? One Bible version reads, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. And I think we can all readily understand that. An unfriendly person will not likely have many friends, if any. Or, to put it positively, to have a friend, first become one yourself to someone. But another Bible translation says, a man of many friends will come to ruin. If that's the better way to translate this difficult text, then the meaning again makes good sense overall, in that it's telling us that while many shallow friendships may not be good, one deep friendship is better. Jesus' story of the so-called prodigal son is a classic example of this. It's in Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. And Jesus said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger? I will get up and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. I completed the story because it's such a powerful illustration of God's amazing grace. But really, it's only the first part that I want to comment on today. While the runaway son had money, it's more than likely that he had lots of friends who helped him spend it. They're not explicitly mentioned because Jesus is focusing on the young man. But it's a fair assumption, I suggest, that his loose living wasn't done in isolation. It's also a reasonable assumption that he'd many shallow friendships with casual friends, they didn't truly care about him at all. They were only interested in what his money could buy for them. It could well have been that his many friends helped him to ruin.
and when his money ran out, he found himself alone, with all his good-time friends long gone. So that could well be an example of how a man with many friends comes to ruin. So we come back again to the proverb in chapter 18 and verse 24, with which we started. A man of many friends will come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We saw that it's telling us that one deep friendship is better than many shallow friendships. Indeed, the latter can be quite ruinous for us. It's interesting that this verse also pairs together friends and brothers. A good friend is someone who's as supportive of us as the best of brothers when times get tough, and is also someone whose company and counsel we look for at all times. Not that he or she is the person who always says what we want to hear. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, says Proverbs 27 and verse 6. Sometimes, you know, the friendliest thing a confidant can do for us is to give us a straight talking to. They tell us the way it is, and we take criticism from them, criticism that we'd have difficulty taking from anyone else, because in their case at least, we know that they have our best interests in view. That expression, the wounds of a friend, seems to capture perfectly the home truths that a faithful friend can give us. We listen to their assessment of what we've said and done because we respect the quality of the relationship that we have with them. And if they tell us that we need to apologise to someone, then we'll probably, at least on reflection, follow their advice. I hope that in the light of all that we've been saying, you can say with me the words which our singers will now sing for us. They're words, of course, which picture the Lord Jesus Christ as the truest friend that we can ever have. I have a friend whose faithful love is more than all the world to me. Tis higher than the heights above and deeper than the soundless sea, so old, so new, so strong, so true. Before the earth received its frame, he loved me, blessed be his name.
I hope you enjoyed today's talk and I hope you're enjoying the close friendship of Jesus every day. As usual with most of our talks, we have a transcript booklet which you may find helpful. There's no charge for it and we don't share any of your details with anyone else. So, if you'd like us to send you one or more copies, ask for the title Friendship. You can contact us by email or by post and here's the postal address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5, 6LN, England. And the email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. And additionally, we've some past programmes and helpful material on our website. And you can uh, obtain those through www.searchfortruth.org.uk. So, we're so pleased you could join us today and hope you enjoyed the programme. Please join us again next week if you can, but until then it's our very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, studio technician David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye for now and may God richly bless you. Let